Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. We're here bringing you the Pure Property Podcast with Track Capital, where we talk about all things property and property investment. The aim of the podcast is to provide you with bite-sized chunks of our industry insights and knowledge to help investors invest intelligently. So this week, Nick, we are going to be talking about purpose-built student accommodation. Nick, why don't you give us an overview of what purpose-built student accommodation is? Yes, absolutely. So PBSA or purpose-built student accommodation is literally just a phrase that's used for when private builders develop these student schemes to let specifically to students. So they're also known as things like student pods or ensuite rooms in a student development, PBSA. So yes, the overarching phrase is purpose-built student accommodation. So today we'll look into the asset class in a bit more detail and see why and how investors should consider it. So Toby, starting with you then, do you want to give us a, a bit more data on the asset class? Yes. Yeah, so if we take a look at some of the big names that have researched this market, we can look at JLL, for example. So their recent UK student housing report, which was published at the end of 2019, they did forecast a further 500,000 full-time UK students would be with us by 2030. Also, JLL expect the new student to new bed ratio to increase above three to one, which will lead to continued structural undersupply in the sector. Also, the government themselves have also set a target of 600,000 international students to be in the UK by 2030. So again, JLL really focusing there on the demand that's currently there and going to be there in the future as we can see that increasing. Then if we take Knight Frank with their industry market report, they reported that 78% of students in purpose-built student accommodation were satisfied with their accommodation. Also, at the point of reporting, 30% of students lived in purpose-built student accommodation, which was an increase by 22% in the previous five years. In all the cities surveyed by Knight Frank, the percentage of students that were satisfied with their purpose-built student accommodation was higher compared to the private residential markets and international students were more likely to live in purpose-built developments. And lastly, if we look at the reports from Cushman and Wakefield, which was the UK student accommodation report for 2019 to 2020, they reported that there was only just under 660,000 beds in the UK with a demand of just over 1.8 million students. Again, really pushing home that undersupply and high demand. And they also reported that there was 4.5 billion worth of transactions traded in the student accommodation market in 2019. So that data just highlights why it's a strong market and a popular asset class. Why don't we take a look at why there is the shift towards this type of accommodation for students. In brief, 
One of the main reasons is it offers security for students, especially overseas students. So so we have to remember that parents are sending their children off to university and they want to feel safe and secure and also the student needs to feel safe and secure. So what we see with these new developments is you have key cards, CCTV, concierge services, which are all features that help with this security factor. But we won't go into too much detail on those points or any more just yet. I think, Nick, it's probably a good idea if we, we start to look at the pros and cons of purpose-built student accommodation. Yes, certainly. So, well, firstly, that was a really good overview of the market and it hopefully gives our investors a um, insight to the sort of demand and the, the asset class in general. So when we're looking at the actual buildings themselves, um, yes, there's high security and a couple of other features that really attract tenants. Now, from an investor perspective, obviously, we want to consider what may be the cons and what may be the pros for any one investor. So we'll start off running through a couple of considerations that you may want to think about. And then we'll finish with some uh, some pros and some really strong advantages to investing in such a scheme. So first up then, the number one factor for people to consider would be the fact that they are typically cash only purchases. So that means that mortgages cannot be used. Now, moving on to the second point. So exit strategy. When we're purchasing such assets, we have to remember when we're exiting, it's only going to be possible to sell it to another cash investor. Now, if you've got a high yielding student asset, it would be possible to sell this on for someone else that's looking for a property with a track record, with proven occupancy rates, etc. We just have to remember that the resale market is just a bit more limited. Now, moving on to the third point, it's capital growth. So traditionally, student accommodation as an asset class is fantastic for high income. However, if you're purchasing residential property, it's likely that the capital growth and the general appreciation of the asset will be more. So anyone that's considering student accommodation, we've just got to remember, whilst yes, there will likely be some capital growth if you're buying a quality city centre scheme, However, it's just be slightly a bit more limited in comparison to traditional residential property. So those are the three main points we would ask investors to consider if they're reviewing student accommodation investments. To recap, those are the fact you have to purchase with cash and buy the property outright. Secondly, your exit strategy. You've got to think how quickly you would potentially need to liquidate. And thirdly, you've got to think about capital growth and the appreciation aspect. So moving on then, let's look at some of the more advantageous points and some of the pros of investing in student accommodation. So the first one and probably the most popular is the point of it having a higher than average rental yield. So what you'll typically find is student investments can generate, if they're in a good location, between about a 7 and 9% net return after your costs. So that really improves on the traditional buy-to-let aspect after you consider the various charges involved in running a property moving on to point two then the assured income now i'm sure a lot of investors have seen these types of properties advertised where they have fixed rent or a rental assurance for a certain period of time well again a big factor for many investors buying into student accommodation is the rental assurance provided by the developer so you could have fixed rent for up to five years in some cases so when you add the high yield aspect and the fixed return for a five-year period, the income generation side of thing really starts to become appealing. Now, moving on to the pricing structure. 
So because you're ultimately buying what could be a small studio apartment or even a small ensuite room in some cases, you'll find the entry level is typically very, very attractive. So this I've seen student investments as low as £45,000 and then they go up to maximum £100,000. But what you'll find is the entry level is typically around the £70,000 to £80,000 mark. Now, moving on, another aspect would be the costs involved in purchasing. So with student accommodation, you don't actually have to worry about things like stamp duty land tax or furniture pack costs. So what it means is the main consideration would be the, the pricing structure and then potentially the legal fees as well. Other than that, there's not much else to think about from a cost perspective. The second to last point we're going to discuss now would be the, the fully managed aspect. So for investors that are looking for a hands-off investment strategy, buying somewhere with a full management company in place, assured income will just give real peace of mind to investors. They won't have to commit any more time and they can just generate a consistent and stable rental yield. And moving on to the final point is the demand aspect. So in the introduction to the podcast, we obviously ran through a bit about what uh, is appealing for students. So things like security, having the key card, CCTV, concierge there. That means the parents know their students are living in a safe environment and the students themselves can feel comfortable. But a couple of the other things that we want to think about would be the on-site facilities. So points such as gyms, so full fitness centres, cafes, meeting rooms, co-working spaces, games rooms such as table tennis, pool tables etc and just generally the social experience that students can get from living in such a development. So when you compare this to you know an old HMO on the outskirts of town or a rundown shared house it really becomes appealing and when you chuck in an all-inclusive rental package for the students they've got a safe, a fun and a financially convenient place to stay. Yeah, definitely, Nick. I mean, I've seen some purpose-built student accommodation developments with cinemas in. If I was a student, it's definitely somewhere that I would be wanting to stay. You've got everything conveniently under one roof, and we can see why they are becoming much more popular, and we can see the tenant demographic for students shifting towards here, and hence why JLL and Unite Franks are showing that there's going to be further demand for these in the future. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something we've seen across the UK in, in the major cities, Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, they've all got large-scale student accommodation schemes, so I think it's a trend that we're going to continue to see across the country. So that should give everyone a really good overview of the advantages of this potential investment class, also a couple of considerations, and then a bit of introduction in terms of the asset class in general. So what we're going to do now is have a think about what type of investor this may suit, so, Toby, do you want to run through who this will potentially be well suited for? Yes, I think when we look at the profile for the type of investor that this specific asset class would suit, they're definitely going to be a hands off or as we call them armchair investor. As we know, uh, there's little to do on these. You have the management companies in place, so it, it becomes very hands off. Also, they're going to be looking medium to long term um, sort of timeframes for keeping hold of this investment. As you stated, the exit strategy is slightly more limited 
than a standard buy-to-let. So it's not one that you're going to be able to liquidate as quickly as you would a normal buy-to-let, just because as we mentioned, you can only sell to a cash buyer and an investor. Not that this would maybe cause a massive holdup, but it's just something to bear in mind. Also, your main objective as an investor when looking at these, it's going to be yields. So what would be profiling this investor as somebody that just wants high yields, so they want that income. They're also going to be cash rich. If you're an investor with a very small limited pot, which you've probably considered having to leverage mortgages, you're not going to be suited to this type of investment. I'd be looking at a cash rich investor that does have the options and the capacity to play with and maybe diversify their portfolio. Exactly. So in this case, it would be someone that maybe um, in their later stages in life, they just want stable, consistent income. They don't want any stress. They're focused on cash flow rather than seeing the property value increase in 10 years. And if that is the case, then student accommodation could be a great investment to consider. Excellent. So that's all we have for you this week. And I hope that has been informative for you. As Nick mentioned at the beginning of this episode, you probably would have seen these type of investments dotted around and advertised. Um, So it's definitely worth having listened to this if it's something that you are considering. Now, next week, we are going to be bringing you our top five tips when reviewing a deal. Exactly. I'm really looking forward to that one. It's something that we're doing all the time. So um, yeah, we look forward to speaking to you next week, guys. In the meantime, you can still visit our website, trackcapital.co.uk or drop us an email with any questions and me and Toby will be happy to help. And I know I say this every week and every episode I do, but please remember to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are listening on Apple, please leave us a review, five stars if possible. And of course, only if you are enjoying it. So I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And we will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.